Welcome to Strength in the Numbers. My name is Andrew Codd, accountant, author, and commercial finance entrepreneur. And it's my job each week to bring you leaders in finance and business and deconstruct with them their real stories, insights, and hard-won lessons into practical advice on the key strengths and qualities you need to remain relevant in accounting and finance today, as well as the steps you can begin to take to elevate the impact you make to have a fun, successful, and rewarding career in accounting and finance. Now let's go over to the show. Hi everyone and welcome to this week's Strength in the Numbers. Really excited to share with you today our guest mentor. Her name is Leona Monsi. She's CFO at Rebank and also a recent award-winning CFO at the Gen CFO Digital Finance Function Awards. And actually that's where we start off our conversation and sort of catching up on some of our conversations after that event. And Leona shares with you some thoughts on how the rest of us in finance can maybe get a bit more recognition for our efforts, particularly if we're not feeling what we're doing is getting acknowledged by those around us as much as we probably wish or hope it would be. We then touch on the importance of engaging and sharing our skills with others, because that will help drive not just that recognition, but meaning from our work and our efforts. Also, favorite topic for us both is business partnering. And Leona describes what it means to her and some ways on how we can be more effective at it. And finally, Leona shares with us what's exciting her most about her current work, what it means to be near to the growth that's going on in her organization and the opportunities that opens up for the rest of us in finance if we adopt a very similar mindset. So loads of great value in this episode and really want to thank Leona again for sharing her thoughts. If you do want to deconstruct those further, you can find detailed timestamp show notes, transcripts, key quotes, and more at sitnshow.com. And as always, thanks for tuning in. I think that's enough for me for now. So without further ado, over to Leona and the show. So Leona, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm really excited to be here. I'm really excited to, to talk to you and to do this podcast. Look, we're excited to have you and it's nice that we've had a few conversations. We've actually had a chance to meet and spend some time with each other because not only you're a CFO, but you're an award-winning CFO. So our audience are probably, how do you become an award-winning CFO? So maybe let's start with your journey in accounting and finance, which perhaps maybe give us a brief journey through that for us, please. Sure. And just to say we met because you're an award-winning podcaster. Yeah, but this episode's about you. <laughs> we can... <laughs> so... <laughs> Yeah, no, thanks. Yeah. And again, thanks to our audience and all the votes and all that and people who decided. Thanks. Thanks. I think we're both very grateful for our yeah. awards. Well, I'm not an award winning CFO as much as we have award winning podcast. So how do you become an award winning CFO? Yeah, I think I think my journey has been a little different to a lot of accountants with that because I never worked in in practice. I always worked in industry. And recently what led to the award was I worked for a startup called Rebank and Rebank is really helping startups get set up for global success and being that financial dashboard that they need to put in scalable processes around finance. And when it comes to that, it meant that we talked to a lot of startups and a lot of startups don't always have finance people in place, or sometimes when they do, budgetary restraints mean that sometimes they're not always as experienced as they they need. And with that, there's a lot of peer support that goes on in those communities. And I'd been spending a lot of time in those communities, offering my experience, sharing the areas of my knowledge. And of course, there's always gonna be areas that you don't know. So you're there also to receive as much as you are to give. And 
a lot of the people that I was engaging with, either that were our customers that I'd spoken to to try and understand their processes better, or just in these sort of startup communities where we were trying to learn from other startups, found my input useful and uh, and kindly nominated and voted for me. And somehow I managed to win. I didn't quite believe it at the time, but it's a huge honor to know that the people who I've tried to give back to, those communities that I've tried to give back to, have appreciated what I've been able to help with and recognize. That's always a really nice feeling. So that's... You know, it's, it's lovely to be recognised and I, I'm just thinking some of our audience are probably working away hard and some of them yeah, are getting recognised, others probably aren't as much even just by those around them. Like, it's, is there something they could perhaps be doing better in your mind? What, what advice could you maybe share with them on maybe getting more recognised for their efforts? Yeah, sometimes when we, we can be amazing at our jobs and we get a little pat on back from our colleagues and yes. that's that's fine. But what really was the turning point for me was moving from getting a pat on the back from my colleagues to a, a bit of wider recognition was I started writing. Now, writing is not something I like, and it's not something that comes natural. I'm a write in a spreadsheet kind of, and I'll write a formula for it. But writing is is a whole different ballgame. And it's what really... Mm, allowed me to open up discussion with other people and to put out there your experiences and your abilities to share your skills to share what you are amazing at to a different audience because when we're employed to do something we're part of a wider organization but when we share those skills with others it's what really unlocks a lot of power within those communities so I wrote quite a lot of blog articles which started to get traction and then I was prompted or pushed rather to write an ebook which was called finance for founders and it's broadly like for early stage startups whether they have a finance hire or not actually a lot of finance early stage finance hires quite like that book (laughs) so I wrote that and I think that really just shared a lot of experience because sometimes I think we also feel like oh yeah everybody knows the same thing because dangerous assumption dangerous that is a dangerous assumption yeah and it's hard and then the amount of time that you are out of your depth and you have to go scrambling being somebody asked me for something about capital gains and i know nothing about personal tax like (laughs) zero i am a business headed person Mm -hmm. so when it comes to personal accounting i'm clueless i'm just like scrambling back to the depths of my mind from when we passed the exams and I was looking through the internet and there's, it's hard to navigate. There is so much of space for decent writing, which can translate complex topics into readable content. Putting that out there, there's going to be so many people who are amazing whizzes at personal tax. And if they would share that knowledge, oh, I would be so grateful. No, that's a great example. I do agree with writing. I think it's a great way of formulating or formalizing our thinking. And seeing it evolve over time, even just something basic like journaling every day, just so you're the only person seeing it and just seeing how your thoughts are evolving or what you're learning. And the, one of the most simple journals to keep is writing what type of work we enjoy doing and what stuff we don't like as much and try and focus on doing more of the stuff we like or want to do more. I found that to be great advice and I encourage our audience to follow it through. But also the work we're doing. Yeah, and there's that that is really important. Actually, it's very similar to something else told me. So an amazing person that I encountered in my career. She told me one of the best pieces of advice around like getting further she was speaking specifically to 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 women holding themselves back and she worked for google 
and she was when she achieved something that she felt proud of she would make a note of it and she kept a separate doc of just these sort of like key points because then when it came to the end of the year because of course your boss sees what you're doing and appreciates yeah. it but at the end of the year they've also seen all okay. your rest of your team and they've forgotten half of it because of all <laughs> the other things they've got on yeah and so by her keeping that document of these are all the high points during the year, these are all the things I'm proud of, she could also recall them a lot better and then go into those appraisals saying, well, actually, I'm proud of doing X, Y, Z. And it helped trigger the memory of her team, of her boss, to help them recognize and promote her skills and abilities. Yeah. And it was a really important piece of advice that she gave me. And I've really clung to that ever since. I thought that's brilliant. I think, but like, how do you, so I've tried to do that with some teams and people love the idea and it makes complete sense, but how do you keep that up to date? Like, how do you keep the discipline to keep it going? Yeah, what the reason why she started it and made progress with it was because for her, it was linked to how do I articulate my worth in terms of a pay rise or we know that yeah. gender pay gap exists and nobody wants it to exist at all. And there's a lot of things that need to be done to do it. But one of the things is also just being able to articulate your worth and saying, I'd like this pay rise because I'm, I've achieved X, Y, Z, and I can achieve these things. But we're all human and we've all got that memory fog sometimes or yeah, that yeah. sort of on the spot, unable to recall every little win that we've had. Whereas journaling it, and if you're tying it to you want that promotion, you want that new job, you want the pay rise or whatever it is, helps keep you in the discipline. And then you'll just fall into it as a good habit because you're used to it. Yeah, it's, it's building the habit of doing constructive things like that. I think it's great advice. And uh, no, Leona, thanks for sharing it. Uh, any other sort of steps uh, our listeners could take to that, that level where their work is being recognized by peers and others? I think just finding a way to, to engage and share your yeah. skills is really important. And even if you don't like writing, jumping in into communities. So there's lots of different yeah. ways that we can be in communities, be it on Slack, be it on forums, even things like the Zero Forum is bizarrely active. <laughs> I have to say, I've never been on it. I know Zero, that's the accounting as a service platform. Yeah, it's got a forum where accountants can ask each other things and it is a hotbed of activity. <laughs> I can only imagine. I, I'm going to have to dip in just out of curiosity. And that's another thing as well. It's not necessarily, it's actually just putting ourselves out there a bit and just maybe that willingness to learn from others and when there's an opportunity we think we can add some value to a conversation is maybe share some of our thoughts and yeah. see what happens that's i know we're breaking it down and it's quite simple but it's just a it's just a case of doing it and you know what i think maybe holding some people back here leon is probably when you were saying about when you got the advice on the lady who's writing it down or and and so she had it to hand and could relate to her line manager or boss was, was having the right reasons to do it. Because if you've got the right reasons and you've had you say, you don't feel like doing something, you can keep going back to those reasons to, to say, are they the right reasons? Because if it's worth it, I'll do it type of thing. So if you've got the right reasons, then you'll do the right things. That's what I'm thinking. What, what do you think about that? Yeah, absolutely. And it's what helped, it's what helped her get over that initial starting hesitation, the inertia there to get yeah. into the habit and then once she was into the habit and then really progressed in her career she's incredibly talented it then just became part of her routine and routine. it also then turned uh, quite inward because she went past the point of needing 
the promotion or the pay rise and things like that. And it just became to, to help her find that area of fulfillment or getting over that task that you don't really want to do and focusing you back on the things that you are proud of or you have enjoyed and just bringing you back level with your role and just back into fulfillment. So it's, there's many aspects to it and there's many reasons to keep continuing it yeah. even after things have happened you achieve those initial goals yeah exactly because and another thing is there's never like this linear line with our careers or how we feel about them it's ups and downs so i've always find like when you're like in that sort of maybe down moment or whatever it's always great just to flick open such lists of some journals or whatever and say look i can add value it gives you a little boost of confidence when you need it a bit of self-confidence to um to get over the hump or whatever and one one area I've enjoyed talking with you about is, and again, it could relate to your work you're currently doing at the moment, is business partnering with a similar pa- passion. Right now, this is something that we tend not to cover in our accounting exams or have time. But, but business partnering, like, what does that mean to you? Yeah, for me, it's I always like to be the finance person who goes and works with other departments to achieve the company goals. I was never ever in my career and you will find my colleagues who will attest to this that person who loves to find the missing penny on the balance sheet I, I was the, there's like, some of us out there like that I was one of them to begin with but there's more important things yeah so I always like to go and understand how the rest of the business is how the rest of the business works yes and yeah. that it's not taught those soft skills of persuasion and negotiation and also inquiry and learning are not taught In our exams, we're taught to find the missing penny. And it's really important because when the first time that I realized the importance of it was I worked for a big US multinational and we were setting enormous budgets, like in the hundreds of millions. And I had the time it became abundantly clear to me was the catering manager came up to the finance office with a cheesecake. Now, I can't really have dairy, but that's beside the point. And he came knowing that I had such a sweet tooth because anything with sugar, I'm just like... I'm of Achilles heel. So he brought me this cheesecake to try and appease me to get more budget. And, and I was a bit like, wow, I have not explained to you why you're here or what this is about, or you don't really understand this process. And I've clearly not articulated why I'd like to talk to you about it. If you think you've got to try and win me over or soften me up with cake. And, Can't and we, blame him for trying. Can admire that. <laughs> the rest of the team thought it was great. They yeah. were all like, yeah, just have everybody bring cake, please. But the point was he didn't, he thought that it was a sort of tug of war about getting more budget. Yeah. And he didn't understand the reasons behind it or the reasons why we hold people to budget or doing variance analysis and all of the moving parts that go into finance that we innately know. And that's when I realized my job was not typing numbers into the spreadsheet to get to the to get to the final number that we could sign off on it was making sure that that person understood where finance and catering intersected and how he could lean on finance to do a better job how he could lean on finance to align with the business yeah and it was our job to basically align the rest of the business who all have their certain objectives in their speciality with the ultimate goals of the sort of like mission that we're on as a corporate vehicle. That's when I realized that the importance of business partnering, and I've seen it echoed throughout my career of different areas, not fully understanding the wider needs of the business or why we as finance 
do the things that we do around yes you can't have or no you can't have that or yes you can have that or why we just it's just this terrifying I must go and ask finance and they'll probably say no thing but it's not about that it's about the business case and the persuasion and just being able to talk to a person who doesn't speak your language so like marketing people are always the usual ones there they're all about brand awareness and finance don't get it and they don't get why we keep banging on about ROI but there is that and you know what maybe this isn't the right answer on it but I've been just trying to distill all that because that's a really common scenario and I'm wondering I wonder if that's just a hangover from the way finance have been for years it's been people ask something and we say no so we maybe not have had that business partnering mindset and the other one could be that that last point you mentioned, I do believe there's a bit of a fear out there. I was talking to some salespeople in the last week around talking in financial terms around ROI and the various return indicators. They can talk the talk and the feature for a product, but in terms of how it helps drive strategic objectives. And I think that's where the gap is of blending finance and that business partner mindset with business objectives and organizational objectives is helping rather than being the no, the gatekeeper, be the enabler. I think you've used that word previously, being the enabler and help. Okay, maybe we can't do it this way, but let's see what we can do. So not just leave the conversation there. It's an opportunity. We know the boundaries now. So what's the opportunity to move forward? What can we do? Yeah, that's something that I think is really important. And it's led me to really embed myself in growth within my current role at Rebank. So even though I'm the finance person or now one of the finance people, I really am probably far closer to growth because that that ultimately is really exciting for a finance person. It's all about the revenue and there's a lot of opportunities for spend and growing and getting that leverage to really grow the revenue. And so I've really wanted to get close into understanding the funnel and the conversion rates and the areas of impact. And that's usually, and I'm going to be honest, it's the areas where I probably would have said in my earlier in my career, because I would have went, why is that? This has no tangible link back to revenue, but now I'm getting so much closer to understanding it. And I've realized also the gulf in the people who do work in growth, their ability to translate that back into finance terms and finance people don't do much to understand it in growth terms and it's something that's hugely needed to bridge that gap that we always need like a whole new dictionary of translate terms i just feel i don't know about you but since a lot of us now started to move towards that revenue area cost control and that's great it's important if we, we look after that it's a great foundation to go grow a business particularly if it's well controlled but that revenue area, it just feels like there's so much untapped opportunity for finance professionals looking for themselves to grow. Because if the organization grows, there's a great growth opportunity there for us as well to grow along with it. But it's just those new areas, new terms. Yes, a bit daunting, but a lot of marketing people and salespeople would say as well that they could do a better job at translating what they do into the financial and strategic implications. And guess what? It's what we're trained to do because we understand transactions and how they flow through. So let's work together. And maybe our roles are more like translators uh, in effect. Yeah, I think absolutely. If we can better help those people, look, we're not here to try and force other people to do something, to learn something or whatever. We can only control ourselves. And if we can do the best job of within ourselves of business partnering and of making sure that they have the information they need to do the best job to achieve the goals great if and because listen we have all the information as well we're like the sort of oracle that know everything and so we can also 
keep them on the same track really because they don't have all the information of all the departments they just have certain areas and so we do need to still be there but that's what I like about the sort of evolution of technology it's something that's really important to us at Rebank obviously that's what we're building is get away from the transactional and get more into the strategic but I think it's really important it's more exciting anyway for accountants to be more strategic and I think it's really what we were trained to do is to be strategic rather than transactional. Yeah, yeah, I completely, completely agree. Completely agree, Leona. And I'm just trying to think in terms of your current work now, like we, we've gone backward looking on some key areas. What's exciting you most about finance and your current work? Is it a technology angle? Is there something else? Yeah, I really think that the improvements, it's something that's kind of, I don't know, this is not a new discussion. I discussed this a few years ago with another couple of accountants and they were saying if we automate everything what's left for us but what's left for us is this really exciting strategic leadership piece where we can say this is the talking about business cases and expansion plans and commercial strategy yeah why would why on earth would we want to do bank recs where we could do that. I am, and I'm, I'm with you. But for me, and this is what I think it is. I think the bank recs, and even down to the cost side of things and process improvement, whatever, that's existing stuff. It's already there. It's comfortable. And I feel it could be that a lot of us like being in that comfortable place. And if we're taking that away, it is forcing us out of our comfort zone. And some of us are just not really ready to grow into that space. I don't know. Maybe I'm being unfair. What do you think? <laughs> Oh yeah, sure. It's it's a hundred percent, and it was not. It's from, I'm largely outside of my comfort zone on a daily basis. <laughs> I just learned to accept it, and it's something that's just you just have to go with it, and it, it brings you personal growth. And I think if you're one of those curious people who like to learn and develop and grow, you do get just eventually more comfortable with that. And you have to just embrace this is a real startup thing, but you've got to just embrace mistakes and failure and no's and rejection all the time. And once you're once you let that wash over your head of, oh yeah, I made a mistake. What did I learn from it? And let's That's take key. that and try and use it as a stepping stone. Everything unlocks. Yeah. It's the yeah. fear of failure that I think hold too many people back and the fear of rejection and making mistakes. And sure, don't make mistakes when, you've, when you're in a bank account. Don't make mistakes in who you're paying or how much zeros you're putting on that number. But... <laughs> You can absolutely make mistakes in being developing, trying to improve yourself and develop as a professional and as a sort of business leader, it's you don't grow. That there was this is some quote from somebody whose name I forget now that say the only people who never made a mistake were those who did nothing. Yeah. Yeah, we never miss the shots we don't take. So it's but no, it's a very powerful quote. I think a lot of us can relate to that. And in this new world we're moving into, I do feel that because we're all in the same boat when it comes to decision, there's a lot of uncertainty. But guess what? We've got these great skills as accounting, as finance professionals, to reduce uncertainty by asking smarter questions. We've techniques to translate into financial outcomes or ranges. Let's back ourselves. and seek advice from others who've already done it we're not alone as we both know so reach out for help there's great mentors out there there's a lot of people who've been in similar situations and they've probably sought help themselves normally the best ones have anyway absolutely and i love that resource that you mentioned finance of founders i'll have to check that out are there any sort of other resources that you use that you could recommend our audience go check out 
Yeah, absolutely. There's one called the FinOps Handbook, and it's been compiled by an amazing team of accountants. So more more than one person, which is better yeah. than we can say from mine. So it's real. It's a real sort of like hive mind collection of reviews of tools, of processes, of all the different aspects that you may come across and how other people have taken it to best. And the options out there, it's really neutral. It's not swayed or promoted or sponsored or anything. So you do get honest reviews, even if it's which bank to use or whatever. So it's a great, un, seemingly unheard of resource, but it's totally free. And you can just go and access it. I got, you're not an accountant or finance professional if you don't value free. Free is my favorite word. So yeah, so look, I'm going to put that finance founders and uh, FinOps handbook in the show notes as well. So our audience can link to them very quickly. So I'll get those off you, Leona. So thank you for sharing those. And for audience wish to continue the conversation, where's the best place to connect with you at? Yeah, so I'm on LinkedIn, of course. And you can always contact me on my email address, which is leona at rebanknow.com. So if you can't get hold of me on LinkedIn, I'll definitely respond to email. Awesome, awesome. Well, look, I'll include those links in the show notes. And again, just want to thank you for being an awesome guest. And what we normally do is say, look, you've given us great advice. Maybe do you have any other parting thoughts for our audience before we wrap up? Yeah, just, I I guess my parting thoughts would be to just keep learning and to keep exploring what you want your career to be. And don't assume that it is a, a job spec that you've seen. Take it and make it what you will. And if you just keep asking questions, you'll find so much more fulfillment in your role. I love that. Yeah. Keep asking questions. That's awesome. And Leon, again, thank you so much for being such a great guest mentor. Congratulations again on being an award-winning CFO. And uh, yeah, look forward to our conversations again in the future. I know this is a double whammy of award-winning. We should have got our trophies out. So there you have it. Hope you enjoyed today's show. If you'd like to know more about our guests today, their bio, and follow up on the resources mentioned during the show, you can find all the relevant links and more at sitnshow.com. There you'll also be able to get access to earlier shows, read the latest blogs. There's also an opportunity to subscribe to our newsletter, which will give you heads up as to when the next show is coming out, latest events, news, and anything that's going to be relevant to help you have a fun, rewarding, and successful career in finance and accounting. And just before you go, we really appreciate your feedback. If there's something we can do better on the show, something that's not working, or something you'd like to see, even a guest you'd like for us to invite onto the show, someone who you think might be able to benefit you more and also the rest of our community, please let me know. You can email me. I'm at andrew at sitnshow.com or feel free to connect with me on LinkedIn. Just drop me a message so I know how you found me and we can connect. And really it's our community that will make the show. If we keep engaging and driving each other on, we'll keep on building our strength in the numbers. And when all is said and done, if we can do the numbers better and finance better, we'll create more opportunities for ourselves, our friends, our families, our communities and our businesses. So until next time, have a good rest of the week. Take care and let's keep building our strength in the numbers.